over 2023, we pursue together what God has for us this year. Again, I just want to remind you, encourage you, if you missed a sermon last week, go back and watch it. All right, go back and watch it. We want to pursue Christ. We want to pursue growth. We want to pursue mission, pursue best, pursue promise, pursue together. Because we are all in the same boat. God has placed us in this boat. Anybody with me this morning? God has placed us in this boat to row together. We'll get where we're going when we row together. We'll get where God has called us when we row together. We saw God do amazing things last year, and we're expecting God to do amazing things this year. Mentioned it a second ago with the offering. We're in the middle of this refinance project here at the church. We're also in the middle of, you guys don't know this, but we're in the middle of a big online transition that you're going to find out more about soon. Uh, we're preparing for a revival. We're preparing for our marriage conference. We're preparing for our volunteer development. Youth are preparing for Winterfest. There's a, a kids' workers' appreciation lunch or, or, or get, get together this afternoon at, at the Fikes house. There is a lot happening here at, at, at New City Church, in the life of New City Church. And, and last Sunday morning, God set the course for what I believe God has for us at New City Church. And then, of course, last Sunday night, in our night of worship, God heard our worship. He saw our prayers. He heard our prayers. He saw our fasting. And God showed up in this house in a mighty way. The altars were filled with people. The people were filled with the Spirit. The Spirit filled the house. Lives were touched. Boys and girls in the altar. Men and women in the altar. A strong presence of the Lord met us in this house last week. And, and, and I, I, I believe it was part because of our prayer, prayers and because of our fasting and because of our, our intention to start this year. But last Sunday night was just an incredible night of worship. In my, in my, in my experience and in, in my opinion, it was the most free night of worship that we've had here. Just a freedom to worship and a, and a moving of the Spirit. Psalm 149, worship as warfare, and last, last Sunday night, something broke in our worship, that thing that broke was us, our timidity broke, so let's leave it off, our fear broke, that's not, that's not our complacency broke, let's, let's not, let's not get complacent in our ourselves, God broke out in our midst. And I pray, it is my prayer, that this is the beginning of an uninhibited worship within this body of believers. Of course, you guys maybe have heard the old timers say, when the Lord's a blessing, the devil's a messing. Lord's a blessing, the devil's a messing. And maybe, maybe this week you've come under attack by the enemy. Maybe something happened to your family out of the blue. Maybe you face setbacks this
this week. Maybe you face not just setbacks, but maybe you face crisis this week. Uncertainty, stress, panic attacks. Hear me this morning, church. When we begin to move out of the wilderness, Satan steps up his attack. someone say, hey, this is what I'm going through. Would you pray for me? Some of us may may be tied up in sin. Some of us may be tied up with burden. Some of us may be tied up with fear. Some of us may be tied up with confusion. Some of us may be tied up with questionings and doubting. But we need to be untied from our place of holding so that we can walk in the purpose God has created for us. Be untied this morning. Be untied. Be free. Be unbound. In victory today, walk in purpose. Walk carrying people that should carry to We also not just need to walk, be untied. We need to open our eyes to the promise so that we're no longer blind to the destruction that we invite on ourselves when we close our eyes to the goodness that Jesus has for us. We need to open our eyes. We need to open our eyes to the king so that you can see more clearly the destruction the enemy has planned. Open your eyes to Jesus so that your eyes are open to the destruction the enemy has plotted against you. Let's look at that this morning. Let's look at that this morning. Be free and be broken. Be free Let's jump into Luke this morning. Luke chapter 19. We're looking at the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, but this is not going to be a normal Palm Sunday sermon. For one, it's not Palm Sunday. For two, it's not how I sense God moving as I prepared for this message. We'll preach a Palm Sunday sermon on Palm Sunday, but this is where we are this morning, just in our in our journey through Luke. So let's let's jump in. Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 28. When he had said these things, that's Jesus, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, and he said, Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent left and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, the owners said to them, why are you untying the colt? 
they said. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their clothes on the colt, they helped Jesus get on it. And as he was going along, they were spreading their clothes on the road. Now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. And as he approached the city and saw the city, he wept for it, saying, If you knew this day what would bring peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. For the days come on you, and your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among you to the ground. They will not leave one stone on another in your midst because you did not recognize the time when you come into the kingdom, into the temple. Again, throwing out those who are selling. Be free and be free indeed. Be free for the king. And today, let's accomplish what you intend to accomplish. Let's house and protect you. Be God, speak forth your word. So you may be familiar with this story, right? You are, you, if, you grew, if you've grown up in church or if, you, if you've just gone to church, maybe on Easter and Christmas, you're familiar with this story of Jesus entering into Jerusalem on the donkey. Jesus enters Jerusalem. It's, it is Sunday, okay? On Friday, Jesus is going to die. On the, the following Sunday, he's going to be raised for life. It's, it is the Sunday before Resurrection Sunday, the Sunday before Crucifixion Friday. We call it Palm Sunday. They laid down palm branches and they laid out their garments on the ground to celebrate him as king of the Jews. It was a red carpet entry into Jerusalem for Jesus. They were celebrating him as king. him and coronate him as king and he was going to be the one who was going to, to deliver them and set them free from Roman oppression but before the king could enter in before the king could ride in he had to have something to ride on and it wouldn't be a stallion it wouldn't be a war horse it would be a colt it would be the foal of a donkey King James Version says a different word there, right? You grew up reading the King James Version, and, and you want to say if, if, the, if the Lord could use that, he could use, he could certainly use a donkey, right? Before the king could ride in, he had to have something to ride on. Be this donkey's foal. And this is pretty cool. The foal of a donkey, you guys, you guys may know that. You may know this. You may be more uh, agriculturally inclined than myself. The foal of a donkey is a young animal that has never had anyone ride on it. So normally, normally the foal would fight against the person who gets on it. Normally, the foal would resist the person that gets on it. Normally, the foal would kick and buck and neigh 
stubborn against the one who would sit on it. Normally the foal would try to run and you'd have to try to catch the foal. Normally the foal would hee-haw and stomp around, but not this day. On this day, the foal would submit to the king. On this day, the foal would surrender. On this day, the foal would submit to a purpose greater than itself. On this day, the foal would submit to surrender. The foal would submit to carrying the king. On this day, the foal would submit to carrying the good news of the kingdom. On this day, the foal would submit to carrying hope and grace and life and truth and reconciliation and restoration. On this day, the foal would be a witness of the power of Jesus to change a stubborn donkey into a carrier of the kingdom come. On this day, the foal would be a testimony to the power of Jesus. On this day, Jesus would be glorified because the foal did not fight against its maker. But before he could carry the king, he had to be freed from his place of holding. He had to be untied before he could submit. He had to be loosed before he could walk in his purpose. He had to be set free before he could walk in carrying the king of kings. People, of course, would wonder, why is this donkey, why is this foal being untied? People would wonder, why is, is the one who bound him not the one who is unbinding him? People would ask, and the answer would be, the Lord needs it. This has always struck me as just a, an interesting, a comical picture, a comical story. This, this family has, has donkeys. They have a foal. It's a brand new foal, and they got it tied up because they, they haven't even worked with it yet. They haven't even trained it yet. They haven't even broke it yet. And, and it's their brand new donkey. And somebody just walks up and just unties it and begins to walk away. And they say, what are you doing? And they say, well, Jesus needs us. say, why does he need it? They didn't say, well, why don't you go somewhere else and get another? Why don't you, why don't you get a job and buy your own phone, you stupid disciple? to unbind you from the place you have been bound. God wants to unbind you from the place you have not going to unbind. 
wants to set you free. God wants to transform your life. God wants you to walk in the freedom, the unbinding that he has for you. God wants to use you, so he wants to unbind you from the place you've been bound, and he wants to use you to carry the message of the gospel of the kingdom. God wants to give you a testimony of freedom. God wants you to be able to fulfill your purpose that he has for you. God wants to unbind you because as long as you are bound to that place, to that thing, you are not fulfilling the mission that he has for you. You're not walking in the joy and the peace that he has for you. You are not carrying the message and the hope that he has anointed you and called you to carry. The Lord wants to unbind you. You need to be unbound. Why? Because the Lord has need of you. to the hope and the grace and the reconciliation and the restoration of Jesus. God wants you to be free and the one who binds you will never be the one who frees you. You will not get more free. You will not get more free by doing more sin. from walking away from, 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 from the place God has planted you in. You will not get more free until you get more bound. He needs more freedom. You're not going to be free from your addiction. cycles of anger and hatred if you keep allowing those sins and that hatred and that anger to fester in your heart. You're not going to be free from sin until you get more free. You're not going to be free to walk in the hope and the purpose that God has for you. disciples were sent to the fold of, of the donkey. His disciples were sent to, to untie. I've been sent this morning as your pastor to help untie you. So you need to hear the word. I'm here to declare to you today that you don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay confused. You don't have to say broken. You don't have to say
change of scenery. you have been set free and given grace, don't abuse the grace you have been given. Learn to submit, learn to be obedient to Jesus, to the King, the Lord of Lords. Be free and be willing to submit. is 
a journey that while it may be hard, it's a journey of grace and of joy and of peace. It's a journey of things that belong to the king, the donkey, the foal, got to share in. See, we, not because we're deserving, because it's all for him, but because we, um, because we have been freed, because we've allowed ourselves to be untied, because we have, we have submitted to carrying the message of Christ and carrying the king and the kingdom, because we have submitted to obedience, we get to enjoy blessings of Christ. We are, we are co-heirs with Christ. He is, he has given us grace and, and mercy and healing and forgiveness and, and joy and hope and, and patience. He has given us every good and perfect gift that flows from heaven, from the Father of lights. He has given to us, not because of us, but because of Him. We belong to Him, and now we walk in the blessing that is His. As heirs of Christ and co-heirs. We get to enjoy the victory that the King has won. We get to enjoy the freedom that the King has given us. We get to walk a new path. It's a road of righteousness and truth. It's a king's highway. If you're not walking, start while I'm talking. Walking up the king's highway. There'll be a blessing to be confessing. a pathway of peace and of joy, a kingdom road is ahead of you. Don't go back to the binding. Then a come to him who loved you and gave yourself, gave himself for you. Think about it like this. championship. Someone wins a championship. Foot in sports. Throw a big celebration at a big ticker tape parade. Take break. Confetti. They're the conquerors. They're the winners. They get they get a ring. Signifies their championship. That's the church. We have been untied, we have been unbound, we have been freed, and we have been invited into the parade. We have been given a ring. We did not win it, but it has.
has been given to us because it invites us to share in his so you can go down. Fallen. He unties you because he has a mission for you and a purpose for you and peace for you. He unties you because he has best best, which is be free, be free and don't fight, don't fight for freedom, don't fight for freedom, fight the power, but don't fight for freedom, not only does Jesus want you to learn the lesson from the fold as you work, he also wants you to learn the lesson from this, from these people of his. Lesson is the lesson of the donkeys be free. The lesson of those in Jerusalem is be focused. Be focused. Stand with me as we chapter 19, start at verse 40. As he approached the city, as he approached Jerusalem, he is riding in on the donkey. They're they are celebrating his victory that he is the king. He is the king and the king and the, the Lord, and he is the master. And, and he's approaching the city into Jerusalem, and he begins to weep for the city. Let me say this. Absolutely about this this week. Don't ever I, I, don't don't ever say. It's a very popular thing to say. Is that is that you've heard it said? to tears for those who are oppressed and broken and move us to tears for the for, for the, the, the the sin that, that that is holding so many of us captive move us to tears from the confusion that so many of us are bound by move us
crushed to tears, God. When he saw the city, he wept for it, saying, if you knew this day, if you knew this day what would bring peace, but, but now it's hidden from your eyes. Blind, they can't see it. They're blind to what would bring peace. Blind to what would bring peace. For the days will come on you when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They'll crush you and your children among you to the ground. And they will not leave one stone on another in your midst because you did not recognize the time when God took pity on you. Jesus says, if you knew that this day would bring peace, and then he stops mid-sentence. If you knew this day would bring peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. I just think about that. What what was Jesus thinking? What what were those next words that, that, that Jesus was, was going to finish that sentence with before, he was, before he, his mind began to, to turn? If you knew this day would bring peace, you'd follow me to death. If you knew this day would bring peace, you'd, you'd listen to my voice. If you knew this day would bring peace, you'd obey my commands. If you knew this day would bring peace, and then he, he pauses. see what's right in front of you. It's hidden from your eyes. You have shielded your eyes from the sun. That's the old saying. Shielded your eyes from the sun. You don't get to see what's right in front of you. Turn your eyes away. You don't recognize me for the purpose that I came. on my kingdom and not your kingdom. Oh, that you would see my purpose, then you would see your purpose. Oh, that you would focus on me and then you would find the peace that you're longing for. You would find the hope that you're longing for. If you would just focus on me, but because you won't open your eyes, you don't see the peace that I offer, but you also don't see the destruction that's coming your way. You won't open your eyes. And because you won't open your eyes, you don't see that the enemy is plotting and scheming against you. You don't see that the enemy is plotting and scheming against your family. You don't see that the enemy is plotting and scheming against your church because your eyes are closed. You won't open your eyes to to what I have promised for you. You won't open your eyes to the purpose I have for you. You won't open your eyes to see what is right in front of you. And because you won't see me, you're missing out on the destruction that's coming your way and you're not prepared for it. the things you've been going through, the things that you have been facing and, and, and going through, the things that have, that have, that have begun to, 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 to stress you out and, and to cause you to question your, your, your purpose, cause you to question, question church, cause you to question God, cause you to question attendance, those things that, that, that you have been going through and facing, those, you, you don't see so many times 
the enemy is really just plotting and scheming, but our eyes aren't open enough. Open your eyes to Jesus. The enemy has plotted your destruction, but Jesus has planned your restoration. The enemy has plotted your pain, but Jesus has planned for your healing. The enemy has plotted your failure, but Jesus has planned for your future. The enemy has plotted your victimhood, but Jesus has planned for your victory. Open your eyes to see Jesus weeping over you. Longing for you to open your eyes to his goodness and his mercy and so that you are also open to the schemes of the enemy. Open your eyes to the weeping of Jesus. Open your eyes to the weeping of Jesus. The weeping Jesus is praying that you can the struggle you've been struggling with this past month, those things that have been so destructive and so hurtful and so harmful and have caused you to, to question everything. Jesus is weeping over you over those things. He is a weeping Jesus hoping you will turn to him and, and find him and look to him. The weeping Jesus is praying for you. as you will open your eyes to the weeping Jesus. The Jesus weeping is the same Jesus who weepeth for his blessings.
especially quickly this word to their hearts.
this place is still bound and still rotten. And you sense the spirit quickening your heart and speaking to you. You've got an unhinged spirit. There's something in your stomach. Thank you. 